Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety 2, the safe space created for Black women by Black women to strip away the taboo of talking about mental health. You'll hear from mental health professionals and advocates as well as Black women sharing their experiences as we break down the complexities, explore ways to heal, and support each other. My name is Ashley, I'm your host. Whether you're a seasoned regular or this is your first time tuning in, thank you so much for your support. Now let's get into today's episode. everyone welcome back to another episode of black girls have anxiety too i'm your host ashley i hope that uh, i hope that your week is going well i'm excited i'm always excited for episodes but i this particular guest i love when she comes on the podcast and if you uh, if you've been listening for a while then you already know who i'm talking about um it's dr son stevens she is back for another episode um welcome back to the podcast dr stevens Thank you so much, Miss Ashley. I appreciate the invitation. Yes, yes. <laughs> we we love having Dr. Stevens on the podcast over here. She brings a wealth of knowledge, and I'm really excited to get into uh, into a it's it's the holidays, right? And depending on when you listen to this, I know I'm going to drop this during the holidays. So wherever you are, whatever holiday you're celebrating, especially if you're in the states, it's likely it's holiday season. It might be cold where you are. Unless you're in Florida like us, it's probably a little hot. But either way, it's the holiday spirit is out there. And sometimes that comes with lots of joy and lots of family time. But sometimes that family time comes with some, you know, a little dysfunction. You know, the the family, you know, Christmas gift unwrapping or turkey day. If you don't celebrate Thanksgiving, that time of year when everybody comes together and around the table at whoever's house, your grandma's house, your mom's house, your auntie's house, your house. (laughs) Sometimes things can get a little sticky. So we're going to talk a little bit about kind of navigating that dysfunction, especially if you are, if you have a mental health disorder, a mental illness, and maybe they don't know about that. Maybe they don't know that you are, you know, having seasonal affective uh, disorder and you're a little depressed right now. Um, we're going to get into that for a, in, in a second, but as always, we're going to just do a quick little three-minute quick hitter icebreaker session. We always do this, and um, this is good, especially if you, if you guys haven't listened to an episode with Dr. Stevens. We're going to get to know her a little bit better. I feel like I've done so many of these with you. I got to mm-hmm. make sure I don't ask the same question <laughs> again, um, but basically, we're just going to ask three minutes worth of questions quick hitters um dr stevens is either going to tell us a story about it give us a quick answer and um you ready dr stevens i am all right let's get to it we got three minutes do you have a dedicated like meditation space or yoga space or like zen space and can you describe it being a Florida girl, mm-hmm. the ocean, anywhere near the ocean, and especially yes. the ocean in the evening, is sophomore for me because it's just the crashing of the waves, and especially our winter, you know, here our fall here, <laughs> it, right? <laughs> we have a really beautiful breeze that flows over the over the ocean, and the way it just lulls you to rest and relax, 
and the crashing of the waves and the sky is just a, almost like a melancholy blue. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. I'm a beach girl too. I love being by water, ocean, pond, lake. <laughs> yes, all right. Yes, yes. Any water. Um, if you could bring back any fashion trend, what would it be? Oh, you know. Um, so I'm probably showing my age a little bit. So maybe acid wash jeans, but not just a regular acid wash jeans. Like it was a salt and pepper acid wash jeans where oh. you cut out like the top of your thigh. You know, it would be. I mean, I was too young to wear it then. <laughs> but. <laughs> There's always time, Dr. Stevens, you know, you can make right. those like inner childhood dreams come true now. Oh my gosh. And then the big like bamboo earrings, you know, yes. the, the cute tops that go with it, you know, Yes. like that was just such a fun time, you know, with the asymmetrical bob, yes. you know, big, I'm telling you, oh. big makeup, big hair, yes. you know, you're just loud. And then the big dances that went with that era. I loved it. Yeah. Loved it. Oh yes. I love that. Um, what did you name your first car? If you named your first car, what did I name my first car? It was, you know, I was so unoriginal. It was Probe. It was a Probe. It was a 1990 Probe. Yeah. That I got from the uh, police auction. Okay. Like a place you could get really cheap cars before they started using it as a place to really raise a whole lot of money. But I got a, I think I got it for, it was really cheap too. It was $1,200. Oh, wow. And I, I think I ran that thing for a good seven years until a tree okay. fell on it. Oh, <laughs> it's from, time was up at that point. <laughs> yeah, so probably was no more. Okay, I've never heard. I never heard uh, Proby. I gotta go look that up and see what that looks like. It's it's called a Probe. Okay. The 1990 Probe. It was Ford's version of a sports car. Oh, okay. Very yeah. stylish. I like that. Right. <laughs> Um, if you had an autobiography, what would the name of the autobiography be? Let's see. That's a good question. I'm not sure of the autobiography, but I think whenever I, you know, working with people, you know, I always talk, talk to them about how our nature as children is so very intuitive, you know, mm -hmm. and how we're every three old, every three old is a social scientist, you know, is what I, you know, share with them and, and this idea, you know, again, that as our younger selves, like we're so intuitive, like we're taking in so much in the environment. And as yeah. we get older, you know, certainly through experience and just different life challenges, we disconnect from that. And so over time, we have to learn to reconnect to that very intuitive self. Yes. You know, so I always talk about the three-year-old in you and connecting to the perceptive social scientist, the three-year-old that's in there. Oh, I like that. So maybe like, the three-year-old social scientist yes yeah yeah every three-year-old is a social scientist yes i like that there it is that tag it right now we're gonna just put that in an envelope and save that for when it's time for the yeah, autobiography yeah. to come <laughs> yes yes um what uh what band or artist uh would you want to come play at your next like birthday celebration oh so, okay. Could I have two? Yeah, you can have two. We can have an opener and a closer. Okay. All righty. So how about we start the, the night really, you know, slow with main condition. Mm -hmm. Love them. Okay. 
Okay. Love their sound, love their artistic. Oh my God, Tony, Tony, Tony. Wait, hold on. Oh, <laughs> we have three. We have three artists right now. <laughs> I know, right? So I'm cheating a little bit. And then of course we have to end with Missy Elliott. Oh yes, yes. Is there like a specific song? Work. I mean, I'm thinking, get your freak on, get your. Freak oh on. yeah, but let me work it. Oh yeah, put the thing down, put it in the jacket. It's your different percent. Yes. Slow, get everybody warmed up, and then progress yes. with everybody up, and then we're. Yes, it's gonna be crazy after Missy comes on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, thank you for playing along with you know always being so. Gracious and playing along with my three minutes, um, just yeah. to give us a little bit more insight. Now I know you like Missy, so good to know. <laughs> so we are gonna get into into a little bit of like family dysfunction or like navigating family dysfunction during the holidays, and depending on like I wouldn't even say depending on it doesn't really matter what you're celebrating right now, but whether you're in school, whether you have kids, whether you are just a person that's like, hey, I want to go home for the holidays, or you're like, I don't know if I want to go home for the holidays because it's a little toxic where, I, where I'm from. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an interesting time. And I think traditionally, we're used to people just heading home for the holidays, you know, school's out um, at the end of for, for Turkey Day. I call it Turkey Day because I don't really do Thanksgiving, but to each his own. Um, but school's out for Turkey Day. Then we have Black Friday. Then we have that that whole like five, what was it, four day span during uh, during November where people are going home and hanging out. And then we have Christmas or if you don't celebrate Christmas, maybe it's Hanukkah. But either way, depending on what you're doing in life, you probably have some time to take off and spend with your family. Now, what to do with that time? Um, if you're going home and you're used to having uh, a really wonderful time and everything is all great and like nobody's arguing to the point where it's like toxic, nobody is, you know, where it's a safe environment. And I think today we're going to talk a little bit about where maybe you're going home and it's not necessarily a safe environment or maybe it's just not a healthy environment. So Dr. Stevens, can you kind of paint us a picture of what family dysfunction looks like? So in those two situations, and, you know, I'm really happy that you brought this topic up because, you know, certainly we are approaching the holidays and it's really tough, you know, certainly for people who, adults, as they, you know, moved away from home and they see, you know, what a healthy environment looks like, you know, and, yeah. and to certainly be confronted daily by that experience. And it's very eye-opening in terms of like what their experience really was, you know, and it helps them to gain a lot of perspective about their childhood and certainly in their adolescence. And so I think it makes going back home to the holidays sometimes much, much more difficult, you know, than what meets the eye, you know, and certainly like when we look at dysfunction, you can say, I think it can run along the gamut, right? So in terms of, you know, some of your healthy family environments where, you know, relationships are happy, people are, are happy to see you, they communicate well, and so their nonverbals match up with their verbal communication. <clears throat> and of course, to some more um, dysfunctional patterns in terms of, let's start off with something maybe a little bit milder, right? In terms of passive aggressiveness. So passive aggressiveness 
you know, I think it comes about in the double bind. You know, perhaps maybe you have a family member who reaches out to you, you know, invite you, wanting you to come home. But certainly maybe being a starving college student or not necessarily being, um, you know, living on your own, but not necessarily being able to afford to do those things. And you explain that to your family member that you're not able to afford to come back home. They're like, well, I just expect you to come back home. Hmm. So, so it becomes really difficult, especially if that family member has the means or resources in order to help that individual, whether it's, you know, going to pick them up or send money or, you know, whatever, you know, it becomes, you know, what we call that double bind, you know, in terms of where you get this two-way messaging mm. and this two-way messaging is more contradictory. And that's a form of passive aggressive responding. Mm. So, and so it becomes really interesting because for the person, the receiver of that information, they feel compelled because again, for the surface, it feels very genuine. Right. But in terms of going about trying to achieve that goal, it becomes very stress-inducing mm-hmm. for that individual in order to carry out, you know, that goal. And so right. if they communicate that and the person is still not responsive, it becomes even more um, of onus and responsibility lands on the individual in order to try to make those, that push and pull happen. Yeah, it's kind of like guilt-tripping them. So, mm-hmm. like, I want you to come home, but I know that maybe you're not in a good enough place in, in a solid place, whether it be financially or maybe you've got kids and maybe you don't really have help and you're in North Carolina and your family is, I don't know, in Texas and you are not in a place to like put everybody in a car and drive out there because maybe you can't get time off work or maybe you are just, maybe maybe your kids have like games or something in the holidays or maybe you can't afford to put everybody on a flight take everybody there and maybe that's just too much like maybe you have a a couple kids maybe you have a newborn and you're like getting on a plane traveling somewhere and maybe your family is guilt tripping you or maybe you can't afford it like you said earlier and they have the means to help you somebody's got the means to help you and you're kind of getting guilt tripped after saying like hi i don't know if i'm gonna make it uh, that's a really tough place to be that's not how you want to feel going into like holiday season at all Exactly. Very much so. You know, and certainly for the receiver, it becomes even more um, difficult to navigate because they're not able to, because sometimes they're not able to um, ascertain like that, those underlying patterns that's happening. Mm. Because again, like when you're caught up in family dysfunction, you're responding to the superficial, you know, in terms of what's on the surface. So they did X, Y, Z. So, you know, certainly and. And the person recognizes that these hindrances exist, but they still certainly may, you know, assume the responsibility. Yeah. And over time, they become much more resentful that those things aren't able to happen. Mm. What are some other ways that dysfunction can can show up? And I think, I think the one for me that comes to mind is probably maybe having a couple family. Or, Maybe having family members that don't agree with what you're doing in your life, whether it be maybe what your job is or isn't, (laughs) maybe it is what you're studying in school or because you're not in school, maybe it is your lifestyle, maybe you're a part of like the LGBTQ community and that's something that you already know is going to, maybe you've got to kind of change how you present when you go home Mm -hmm. in order to just like have your peace of mind, even though you're living your truth in your everyday life. So what are some other like forms of, of like dysfunction that people can experience? Yeah, so definitely, it definitely includes those types of scenarios. And 
you know, and I guess, you know, thinking along that continuum, it can be a bit more aggressive or outward, you know, certainly in, in those communication patterns where the person feels, you know, some of that conflict that we're, you know, we're just um, processing, you know, where, where the, the dysfunction isn't necessarily like this, but it comes to a head. So like you say, in terms of the individual, they know very much like who they are or try to explore who they are, you know, whether it's certainly their sexual orientation or gender identity in terms of maybe just their identity in general, whether it be job or in terms of what they want to do with their life, you know, and certainly the family, you know, has these very fixed ideas about how you should go about living your life and it comes out ahead, you know, and mm-hmm. certainly it can come out, you know, certainly and be a bit more aggressive, you know, in terms of you need to do X, Y, Z in order for this to happen. And the person, and so you're more so at an impasse. Yeah. And so when people are in an impasse, you know, I think that that oftentimes what creates, you know, a lot of the um, tension, you know, that we associate with the holidays. Yeah, definitely. And before we get into kind of how to navigate those those, uh, situations, do do I have to go home for the holidays? Is I'm sure people are asking that. I mean, I'm not asking that for my, <laughs> but I know there's probably people out there that are probably listening going, man, I don't want to go home. Like, it has not been an enjoyable experience. Like, do can we give people permission to not go home for the holidays? Maybe like choose their own family is what some people say like the friends that kind of turn into their chosen family of course of course of course most definitely you know and certainly i say this you know certainly with a grain of salt in the sense that i do think it's important to communicate to your family like what your um, plans are you know that way like you are identifying and communicating in appropriate ways even if your family is not able to you know and certainly how they respond you know, yeah. so it may not be the healthiest way, but I still yeah. think it's, you know, really important. And certainly you get to do that safely, you know, yeah. so some people, you know, choose to write a text, some people choose to call on the phone, you know, and so, some people do it face-to-face, however yeah. you go about doing that, I do think it's important to communicate, you yeah. know, so Definitely. don't have to go home, yes. creates a lot of havoc, internal chaos for it. So if you need it, if you were looking for somebody to give you permission, Dr. Stevens just gave you permission that you do not have to go home. Just communicate why you're not going home. Uh, And that's going to be uncomfortable probably, but it's probably going to be more uncomfortable for you to actually go go home. Mm -hmm. Now, for those people that are like, I still want to go home. I miss my family. I miss my friends back home. Or maybe home is literally like 20 minutes down the road, 10 minutes down the road. I still want to go home. Um, but they know that they're going to, they're going to be confronted with certain like hurdles they have to navigate. Um, what are some suggestions on how to navigate these family gatherings when like your anxiety is really high because, okay, you've made the decision that you're going to go home now. And now like you're riding on the plane or you're riding in the car and you've got like the mac and cheese that you just made (laughs) or potato salad if you can I don't I can't do potato salad but if if you can make it good for you (laughs) but maybe you're bringing your you know a little something that you cooked up and you um you're heading there and like you're in the car and you're just like kind of having a bit of a meltdown what are some suggestions for people well you know so I think you know beforehand in terms of like practicing like different relaxation strategies I think are always important you know in terms of just slow breathing in terms of that um 
imagery, like your meditation, and then also, you know, identifying and finding quiet places in the house that you can go to. If that doesn't exist, maybe find a quiet place outside the home that you can go to, or maybe like a phone a friend, a person who you can call when things start to become really overwhelming. You know, certainly I think in terms of just trying to prep yourself for the um, home or for the visit home. But I think also important it's important to recognize, you know, the warning signs or the red flags when conflict starts to maybe brew up. Mm-hmm. You know, certainly, I think, you know, for people who have experienced that, they know what those signifiers look like, you know, and identifying and being very aware of those. And when they start to, you start to see those maybe more frequently happening, you know, certainly identify like what you like to do in order to preserve, certainly, and, and to protect yourself, whether it's leaving the room, maybe perhaps, you know, changing the subject, you know, if the family's, you know, open to that, um, <clears throat> but certainly engaging in some type of self-protection measure mm. I think is really important. Yeah. And it's probably good to know that uh, ahead of time. So, and this is probably a good check-in for everybody just to kind of think about like, what are your self-care? What's in your self-care toolbox? What's in your anxiety toolbox? And like, I do some of like the, the very like TikTok friendly things, like take a bath and, like, you know, give myself a facial, but there's some other things like Dr. Stevens was saying, like, maybe you have a go-to meditation that helps you calm down. Uh, I have like a go-to, a couple go-to playlists that I play if I know I'm getting to a point where I'm, I'm really anxious, or maybe I'm just like not in a great mood. Maybe I'm just kind of sad that day, or I'm really nervous about something that's happening. Um, breathing exercises help a lot. So this is a good time to kind of think about like, what are your, what, what are some, what are some of the things, some of the things that are really accessible in your toolbox that you can get to when you're on a plane or in the car or you're at your house getting ready to go over? Like, can you put on some, a particular like mute, like a little playlist or an album? Like, are we putting on Usher's Confessions? Are we putting on like a little Janae Aiko? Are we going old school to Isaac Hayes? I don't know. <laughs> whatever floats your boat <laughs> and I think another piece too and I'm sorry to cut you off but you know I definitely think maybe you know because certainly like there's an identified you know it's family therapy a lot of times we talk about like the identified patient in terms of the person who's the bearer the symptom bearer and they recognize the psychopathology or the dysfunction in the family oftentimes it's not just one person it's another person who recognizes that it's certainly aligned with that person that person becomes a social support so whether, you know, you all book, you know, and certainly find safety in, in each other or you all are each other's like um, life fluid in a sense of, you know, like one person, you know, tries to re- reorient the family, you know, like whatever, you know, you all decide. But, you know, there is power in numbers. So I think that's another tactic. That yes. Oh, that's a good tactic. So if you have like a cousin or a, a brother, a sister, a sibling that can... Um, that you can, that one, the one sibling that you can lock eyes with and be like, oh, you know what's going on. Like you both are on the same page as soon as you lock eyes. So like, don't be afraid to use each other to help get through, you know, try to make it an enjoyable time for you. Um, I know for some people, uh, this is a time of year where um, SAD, that kind of comes into play. And um, for anybody that doesn't know what SAD is, um, can you tell us a little bit about seasonal affective disorder? Yes. So it's a form 
or it's more so like a specifier of major depressive disorder that affects people who have low exposure to light. You know, it typically happens during the fall, more so in the winter season, more so in the north, um, you know, as opposed to the south. There's, of course, tilting. Because it's so hot out here. It's still 85 degrees. <laughs> right, right. And we're very fortunate to have our sun pretty much more days, almost every day, you know. Mm-hmm. But certainly, you know, for a lot of people, certainly in the north, there may be up to seven, nine months where they don't actually see the sun, you know, certainly and not having that exposure to the sun, to the natural light, <clears throat> it creates certainly like a biological change, you know, in this person's body. And it cor- and it correlates certainly with their emotional um, changes in terms of where they start to experience major depressive disorders, sadness, like of energy, low um, motivation, low interest, certainly things that you formerly enjoyed, um, difficulty concentrating, um, being completely fatigued, um, and more so just having just a very blah existence. And certainly it persists more so during that period of time. And yeah. so that, you know, exposure to like natural as opposed to artificial, but artificial does work well in terms of treating it along with antidepressants and therapy. Yeah. And I know I've seen some of the, I think we've, we actually have a whole episode on SAD or um, SAD disorder, as I like to call it. So if you scroll back a little bit, um, you can do a deep dive when we talk about some of the tools that you can actually use um, to help you during this time. If you feel like, oh, maybe I got a little bit of, a little bit of that SAD this, this time of year. Um, But for people that are dealing with, whether it be SAD or maybe they are really feeling depressed around this time of year and it's really um, it becomes, it, I know for me, when I am depressed, it's really hard for me to get motivated to do the things that I love. And so for somebody that is uh, feeling a little depressed right now, but they, they really want to go to, they want to go home. They want to go to these celebrations, but they're just not feeling it. Like what, what advice or what suggestions do you have for them? You know, certainly, I mean, I think other than, um, you definitely having like exposure to like the outside doing things like engaging your body and doing things you know certainly if you are able-bodied you know in terms of being able to take walks you know certainly because that affects our endorphins and certainly other physiological components of our body and you know sort of seeing other people which also affects us emotionally so i think certainly engaging in behavioral action and certainly if you're not able-bodied you know certainly um like doing things like maybe writing, you know, mm-hmm. singing, playing instruments, and that's, you know, certainly the things that you're interested in, you know, but certainly the art of doing things becomes very therapeutic and cathartic in and of itself. Yeah. And of course, the other piece in terms of connecting with people, connecting with your social support, whether through, the, you know, talking to them in person, over the phone, by text, but connecting to your social support because that becomes really integral in terms of being able to help you to get some perspective and also, you know, providing you that support that you need, especially during very difficult or arduous times when you're dealing with family conflict. Yeah. I love that. 100%. Like doing what you can doing what's, what's in maybe this, this, I know for me, when I'm in those, when I'm depressed and I'm able to really verbalize it with some of the people that are closest to me, um, it, it helps to have somebody if you give them kind of permission to kind of push you 
to go mm-hmm. and do these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially if you can give them permission when you're not depressed, like, hey, occasionally I get really depressed. These are some of the signs. Like, I'll communicate to you when I'm not, I'm not feeling it. And um, if you if you could help me out by maybe it's co- you coming over and just sitting with me and like watching a movie or you just coming over and like going for a walk with me, mm-hmm. even if I say I don't want to, if you can tell people while you're mentally feeling really, really good and really well, mm-hmm. that can always help you down the road to have somebody that can kind of, I don't even want to say keep you accountable, but somebody that can just kind of help you at that time when you just don't feel like doing it, right. anything really. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, like, like we've talked about this time of year, people are going home um, and boundaries is a big thing because as much as we talk about boundaries lord knows it's hard to set boundaries um and it's and it's easy to set them and and maintain them over the phone or maybe over facetime um but oh when you go home especially if your mom is one that's like this is my house and you do what i say in my house Mm -hmm. um it can be really tough to maintain those healthy boundaries that you've worked so hard to set on before you go home. So can, do you have some advice as uh, as to how somebody can maintain some of those healthy boundaries when they go home? Well, certainly, I think it does come down to, you know, certainly identifying what are your needs, you know, certainly in the environment and then figuring out how do you go about best achieving those, you know? So certainly if it's something that, <clears throat> you know, in terms of setting those boundaries, and it may finally, maybe another family member's boundary, you know, perhaps maybe figuring out, okay, what does that look like for me? So maybe it means maybe me staying at a hotel, you know, mm. in order to try to protect, you know, and certainly maintain my peace. A little mm-hmm. bit more expensive. However, you know, I think that that expense is well worth it for your peace of mind. Yes. You know, so identifying like what your needs are and figuring out how to negotiate that, you know, certainly with your family. Yeah. Or if they're not necessarily receptive in terms of thinking about, you know, what your family does in order to push those boundaries and try to figure out how do you go about navigating that? You know, is it something that you can certainly tolerate, you know, throughout, you know, the holiday week? And if it's not, maybe so you do a day trip for the holiday as opposed to like a mm-hmm. four day trip, you know, and certainly I think that's another way in order to create some boundaries, you know, sort of for yourself and then also be able to, to spend time with family yeah definitely that's a good point if you need to get a hotel this year get a hotel if you have like old family friends not even family friends but like your old friends that you're still in touch with and maybe you'd rather stay at their place for a little bit um also I feel like one thing for me that that comes to mind that I think um questions that get asked is a big one Um, like at family gatherings and even my friends have kind of told me like you go home and then all of a sudden for people that there's the when are you going to get married there's the when y'all going to get engaged there's the is this really your roommate (laughs) there's that (laughs) question (laughs) um they're they're like when are you gonna have kids and that's one that uh that's one I, I currently deal with every time we go we go see family when are you gonna have kids it's like my uterus is like fighting an uphill battle right now but it's we're working on it but things like that can be really tough and like when the sixth person in the night asks you when are you gonna have kids and it's and it's innocent on their end 
but how what are some ways to maybe like curb those conversations um when they go home yeah so i think you could take a couple of different um, approaches to this you know so like the nice get appropriate way to certainly um address those questions is you know certainly it's something that you know we're still considering but the opportunities and resources haven't presented themselves yet and when they do the family will be the first to know yeah oh yeah something like that um you could do a you could be a little passive aggressive <laughs> and then say so like when will you <laughs> <laughs> flip the table turn the tables on them <laughs> <laughs> and I hope to see that you will be the first who will be contributing to my wedding baby shower wedding yes. shower fund right yes. with a $3,000 gift right? Right. <laughs> as many times as you've asked me exactly I'll send you the wedding registry link first since you are exactly. so interested in what's going on yeah <laughs> one so, that I've well, been yes, using that's another way you know so if I yeah. see you the wedding registry how many items are will you how many items <laughs> yes <laughs> You have to get the first five items listed. All, all right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All three figure items. But yeah. I, one that I like to use, um, particularly when people are like, when y'all going to have kids? Um, I, I, I was really nice about it for a long time. And now I'm just like, my uterus is, um, is broken right now and I'm just trying to fix it. So whenever we get to that point, the babies will come. Yeah. Um, and that usually... <laughs> Because I'm, I think I'm past the point of like passive aggression. I'm past the point of like being, uh, saying like very PC, nice answers and trying to just be like kind of laugh it off because I'm 32 for those of you that don't know. And so these have <laughs> been getting asked this for a long time. And so it was really nice, like three, four years ago, the way people were asking. And now people are like, so y'all gonna have kids or what's the deal? Like right. time's a ticking. And like, I know it's my watch. Like I, I can see it's my clock. I know how much time is left on it, but yeah, I think, you know, don't be afraid to, I'm not saying start drama, but don't be afraid to like shut the conversation down. If you're not comfortable, okay. um, especially if 15 different people are going to ask you the same question. Very much so. And yeah. always fun. You can just look at them in silence. It, yes. <laughs> yeah. I like that one. I like that one. Maybe I'll use that one next time. <laughs> That's a good point, eventually. <laughs> At some point when you're not, when you're just not saying anything, they'll walk away or, or you can walk away. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I know for, for this time of year, um, there could be like a bunch of different events going on. So some people go out and go shopping on like the Friday after Turkey Day. Some people got to get there a couple days early and start cooking a few days early. Um, and I know you mentioned cutting your visit short. And I feel like it's important to tell people, like, you don't have to be there for every single event. Like, don't feel like your commitment to come home or your commitment to be there means that you have to commit to waking up at five o'clock in the morning and start cooking and staying there and take care and all the like just doing all the things you don't mm -hmm. have to be there like you that's I feel like that's another boundary wouldn't you say mm -hmm. like I'm Very only going to be so. there for this chunk of time exactly exactly yeah. and that's the thing about it too because I think a lot of times when you set boundaries and then you 
allow others to violate that boundary. Like you get constant reminders that if I had kept that boundary, this wouldn't be happening right now. You know, mm-hmm. and it becomes a really salient and powerful lesson, you know, yeah. in terms of listening and honoring certainly your own needs. Yeah. You know, so certainly setting those boundaries and being comfortable with those boundaries. But certainly if you're having fun and you decide to say that's a completely different completely different outcome. But it's only if you feel pressured and you know you don't want to actually stay and you were saying that much side of obligation. I think that's, you know, certainly an opportunity for a very honest and real conversation with yourself in terms of what would that look like? And it does feel very uncomfortable, especially the first couple of times when you implement and you follow through with those boundaries. It feels very uncomfortable. I like to describe it as like a very hairy feeling. You know, mm. it's, your throat. it's just, ugh. Mm-hmm. But like everything else, it'll eventually pass. And then you're out of the house and you're like, can breathe. <laughs> yes. And move on. Yes. Oh, I love that. Um, what? One last kind of question about this. So for people that maybe they are dealing with some sort of mental uh, mental disorder, a mental illness, maybe they're depressed, maybe they've just found out that they are bipolar, um, whatever it may be, maybe that's something that they, maybe they've told like one person, maybe they've told like a parent or maybe they've told a sibling, um, do they have to be open? And, and this may seem like a bit of a dumb question, but I feel like it's a valid question because we want to be able to create space and talk about our mental health, but it doesn't mean you're obligated to talk about it. So for somebody that maybe wants to share about what they're going through, mm-hmm. can you talk a little bit about how they can do that and like kind of what boundaries to set around that as well? Mm-hmm. Very much so. But this is a very good question. I think a lot of times when we come through or we navigate through a very uh, difficult challenge, we feel like the world needs to know, you know, and that's the thing about it is that, you know, certainly those challenges, it's more so in terms of people who deserve to know, you know, because certainly in terms of that, being having access to that story and having access to a very vulnerable part of you, only certain people can certainly manage and deal with that in a responsible way and mature emotionally mature way that you need them to and in the same sense you know certainly if you were newly diagnosed or you've been diagnosed or you're you know learning different things or you're having different insights about your mental health or physical health condition certainly I think it's important for you to selectively choose and identify people within your support system in the family who you can go to yes you know yes. and so you give them permission to talk to other people you know if you're comfortable or not you know but certainly you know, I think it's important, you know, again, talking about boundaries, it's important for you not to feel obligated that everybody has to know, you know, so when a person finds out, because that's what happens, you know, through the grapevine, and they can correct you, but as you know, well, it's something I wasn't sure that I could really trust you with, you know, and it's been a very vulnerable time for me, and I've gone through a lot of mental health or health challenges, and it's been extremely difficult, you know, and I know somebody who loves me, that you would want me to do what's right, and what's healthy for me, Right. So I know that when you find out, you know that I did it for my own good. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so it's like you're speaking very honestly, you know, helping the person to gain some insight in terms of your thinking and why you didn't necessarily, you know, tell them or share that with them earlier. You know, but yeah. so, I just feel obligated that you have to tell everybody, especially not at the dinner table, where yes. you, can, you know, jump off 
or even suddenly after a long night of drinking. Which I'll yes, yes, that is that is I'm sure another big piece. Um, and maybe for some families, it's a lot of fun. Like maybe that's when you know things are gonna loosen up a little bit. Where I'm sure there's other environments where we know, okay, maybe that's the point where you're like, I'm gonna leave now. I'm gonna take myself out of the conversation and out of this space. And yeah, just do a little self-care by just t- removing yourself. Okay. But I'm I'm really happy that we sat down and had this conversation today. I think that, uh, I hope that everybody is having a great holiday season. Um, I hope that you are able to, if you want to be alone, I hope you're able to be alone. But if you want to gather with other people, whether it be your friends, your family, your family, your loved ones, whatever that looks like, your pets, whatever that looks like for you, um, I hope you're able to have a safe and and beautiful time celebrating, uh, celebrating together, celebrating whatever you're celebrating. Happy Christmas, yes. happy Hanukkah, um, happy New Year, <laughs> happy yes. Turkey Day, because I don't do Thanksgiving around here. But... <laughs> But I, I do hope that everybody um, has a wonderful and safe holiday. And uh, before we wrap up, we are going to get to our mind game segment. If you are new to the podcast, this is the segment where I read off a mental health disorder definition. And you get to take a guess. If you're listening on Spotify, you can throw your guess into the box. If you get it right, then I'll pin it. Um, if you don't have Spotify and you're just listening on Apple or somewhere else, well, you can throw it into the group text. Um, and yeah, just look it up on Dr. Google if you want to. But let's go ahead and get into this week's Mind Games question. So this specific disorder is a mental health disorder that is marked by a combination of schizophrenia symptoms, such as hallucinations or delusions and mood disorder symptoms, such as depression or mania. The two types of this particular disorder Uh, It both includes some symptoms of schizophrenia. Uh, One is bipolar type, uh, which includes episodes of mania and sometimes major depression and depressive type, which only includes major depressive episodes. This particular disorder may run a unique course in each affected person. Excuse me. When this particular disorder goes untreated, it may lead to problems functioning at work, at school, in social situations, causing loneliness and trouble holding down a job or attending school. People with this disorder may need assistance and support with daily functioning. Uh, Some of the symptoms uh, with this particular uh, disorder include delusions, which are false or fixed beliefs despite evidence to the contrary, hallucinations, Uh, Impaired communication and speech, uh, such as being incoherent, bizarre, unusual, unusual behavior, symptoms of depression, such as feeling empty, sad, or worthless, periods of manic mood with an increase in energy and a decreased need for sleep over several days, um, and these, and behaviors that are out of character. Um, Other symptoms are impaired occupational, academic, and social functioning, and problems with managing personal care, including cleanliness and physical appearance. I will give you a couple more seconds to think about, kind of make your guess as to what you think uh, this disorder is. While you're guessing, um, depending on wherever you're listening, if you could rate the podcast, that would be great. I mean, hopefully it's a really good rating. Hopefully you're enjoying these episodes. 
Um, but if you could rate the podcast, it takes like two seconds to rate it. Um, I would really, really appreciate it. Let me know what you think. Um, yeah. And I, I appreciate y'all uh, listening. All right, let's get to the answer. So the answer for this week's mind games question is schizoaffective disorder. So it sounds a little like schizophrenia, but it is schizoaffective disorder. Um, I've read a little bit about this particular disorder, um, but y'all know I'm, I'm a nerd. So I, I like doing a deep dive into this stuff, but I thought that was really, really interesting. I'd never, there was just a lot of symptoms that came with that particular disorder. So um, definitely interesting. If you're interested in reading more about it and you want to look at the same document that I'm looking at and read um, some more of the information, I'll make sure that that's in the description. Um, feel free to nerd out on all that uh, fun mental health information like I do all the time. <laughs> um, Dr. Stevens, I just want to say thank you for joining for another episode. Um, as always, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you coming in and dropping all this knowledge. Um, and I hope that you have a wonderful holiday season as well. Thank you so much. And to you and your family as well, Ms. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Stevens. And to everybody listening, I hope you have a wonderful holiday. I can't wait to talk to you soon. If you're bored, if you're on that long flight home, if you're on that long drive home, throw on an episode, right? There's a bunch. Scroll down, listen to the sad disorder episode, listen to superwoman syndrome, listen to all those great episodes because there's a lot. All right. I I'm gonna let y'all go. Thank you again for listening. Love you guys. And I hope you have a wonderful day, night, evening, wherever you are. And I will talk to you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety 2. No matter where you are in the world, I really appreciate your support. See you again on the next episode, but until then, follow us on Instagram at Black Girls Have Anxiety 2 and on Twitter at Anxious Black Girls. That's Anxious BLK Girls. And remember, just because you're struggling doesn't mean you have to struggle in silence. The more we talk about it, the more we heal. <laughs>